Welcome to the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Bud and Nadir, where aspiring champs come to get the latest and most accurate information to become top tier. Let's get on with the episode. We had a extremely wild trade deadline. Just kidding. It was pretty anticlimactic. I'm Nader alongside Bud. How are you? I'm good. It was kind of depressing. Like it, 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 it's fitting for 2020, I think. Uh, just nothing happened. No, see, I don't think it's fitting for 2020. If it was fitting for 2020, then something wild would have happened. It would have been bonanza, <laughs> unpredictability. True, true, but, true, but true. Nothing happened. No fantasy football relevant trades. A bunch of little minor guys here and there. Just dump offs there. Uh, a lot of defensive side on the ball trades, but nothing wild or really noteworthy actually weird really weird it was i mean will fuller he was on the block uh but apparently the reports say that wasn't even that serious of talks mostly just rumors and just suggestions of ideas uh i mean i guess it's good because if you feel like you're good and happy with your fantasy roster then you're fine with it but i mean if you're kind of holding players for the sake of they might be traded then i guess that investment did not work out yeah, I mean, I think some people thought A.J. Green was going to get moved. Uh, rumors on that end, but there was nothing, like, substantial. Just people saying that possibly could happen, which obviously didn't, and nothing happened yeah, at all. A, a lot of clickbait is what you're telling a- me. Absolutely. Okay, so we got a fun episode. Of course, we got the NFL headlines. We're going we're gonna to be talking about some big busts and big booms. Some people that, you know, we didn't really predict to go off kind of did. And people that we were uh, high on that did not go off. And, of course, we got the Thursday night preview. Absolutely. NFL headlines. So Ben DiNucci, his experiment, the seventh rounder, uh, it's a little over. You know, when you say being a quarterback in the NFL is pretty hard. Typically, some people, they might not like that. So he is benched, and now Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush are going to compete for that starting job. I'm going with Rush. Why? Just because he has a better name. I don't know. Garrett Gilbert, that's kind of like, like you could say. It's double like an, G. That's an NFL name. you know. Like Garrett oh, yeah, Gilbert is an NFL name? Yeah, but like, oh, Garrett Gilbert just threw a 20-yard pass over the middle to nah, Cooper. Nah, dude, I can't, you can't like, he can't be a superstar. You know what I mean? Cooper Rush. It's just the last name. He's just he's he's meant to rush, rush like oh rush. he gives you a rush. Oh yeah, Cooper Absolutely. rush Cooper to Cooper down Ooh. the field twenty five yards. Ooh, are you an announcer? I should be honestly. Sh- I don't know why be. I'm not. You should be. I really should. So that means Andy Dalton is obviously not coming back anytime soon. In fact, he got placed onto the IR just recently. Uh, that hit looked like it hurt. And uh, apparently it's showing because he's going to be gone for a while. Yeah, it's not looking good for the Cowboys in general or that wide receiver group. We Can we get into that a little bit? Okay, we can. We definitely can. We got time. So we talked about it a little bit. We touched on it. And we thought Andy Dalton was coming back. Yes. And obviously he's going to be out for three weeks. So what you're asking is, is anybody droppable? What I'm saying is, is there potential to drop somebody like, what can we really expect? There's going to be one wide receiver is viable, maybe. There has to be. I mean, you know we're I mean? not expecting it, them to be up very many games. They're going to be from behind. We expect them to be passing. We expect something, right? I mean, Coop, I mean Cooper Cup. I mean, not Cooper Cup, sorry. Amari Cooper, he was a legitimate wide receiver one. He was C. killing Lamb, Legitimate wide receiver one to two. Gallup. Uh, Gallup. his name? Gallup. Gallup. He was a legitimate wide receiver three with high upside. So, I mean, all three of those wide receivers were startable. Zeke, he was killing it, and now that is at an abrupt halt. So, it's hard to drop him. I'm not telling you to drop him. You just can't start them. Yeah, I mean, you're going to hold him on your bench, especially Amari Cooper. You're you're not dropping Amari Cooper. Let's stop that right there. I I don't see why you would do that. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the quarterback actually can do anything, you got two options here. Obviously, Danucci's probably never going to get back on the field. 
which is a concern because you don't know who's going to start. You don't know if they're going to have Amari Cooper. They're going to feel comfortable with him. They're going to feel comfortable with C.D. Lamb, or they're going to feel comfortable with Gallup. You, you don't know who they're going to target, and they're mainly going to probably key on one guy that they feel super comfortable with and then hand the ball off to Zeke. You kind of have to wait and see. I'm not starting anybody. No. If I have a better option, which you should, I'm not starting any one of them anytime soon until I know exactly what's going to happen in this offense. Zeke is the only player on that offense that is startable. Absolutely. So, and unfortunately, while well, he's what? He's running back four? He's running back four right now. And uh, I think he's going to be dropping down the list depending on how that goes and how I expect it to go. But he's still going to be a must-start no matter what. I don't care the matchup, the situation. You're putting him in and you're starting him. I feel like uh, I feel like I need to say that just in case there's a couple of people on edge. Uh, but Jordan Reed, he has a knee, of course, his ankle to knee issue, limited Tuesday practice. You know, of course, he is on the Niners. I do want to add that and make sure. And uh, <laughs> they play Thursday night against the Packers. We're going to discuss the Thursday night preview, of course, later on in the episode. Uh, I hope to see him play. I uh, do too. They, they need the Niners need some type of spark. They need somebody to come back from injury. They have so many people going out on injury. It, it kind of is nice to see somebody come back. So I hope he plays, and if he does, I feel like he'd be a very good viable option. And it doesn't look like uh, your boy Kittle or Garoppolo is going to come back at all this season. It's uh, unlikely, and yeah. it it would take them to have a magical run for the either one of them to come back. And even if they did have a magical run, that probably means Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the starting quarterback anymore. Yeah, because they're, they're talking about uh, surgery. For Garoppolo, from yes. what I'm, the information that I'm getting right now, which is not good. It um, is a pretty brutal high ankle sprain. They said if it does not heal fast enough, it might need surgery, which means he would be out for the rest of the year. Uh, George Kittle, I don't know how uh, a broken foot repairs, but they told that is an eight-week uh, job. So fractured foot. I've had small fractures in my left foot. How'd that work so, out? Uh, you're supposed to stay off of it. Literally, that's I don't know how big um, fracture that he has, but you're supposed to technically just stay off of it and not put any weight on it. I think he's going to be gone for a very, so very, very it, long time. It's going to be a while. I, I think it's hard to say drop George Kittle, uh, but, but if he's going to be gone for eight weeks, I find it hard to justify putting somebody on your roster that uh, even when he does come back, if he does come back, it'll be during a uh, playoffs time. And I don't know how comfortable you feel starting a George Kittle during the playoffs. I mean, I would feel comfortable with it, but you have an IR spot. I would feel fine putting him in the IR spot unless you are in dire need of wins immediately and need an IR spot for some reason. Other than that, I, I would just hold on to him and just see what happens, but I don't plan on him coming back. So say you have, you have one IR spot, right? Okay. A, lo a lot of leagues, you know, public Yahoo leagues, private leagues, regardless uh, that I'm in, there's only one IR spot. Say you have McCaffrey, and in the third round you took George Kittle. Yeah. You have one IR spot right now. Who are you putting in there? Uh, McCaffrey hopefully comes back this week. Hopefully, we're, but if not, hoping. then he's sticking in that IR spot, and that means George Kittle is going to be holding a roster spot. You're going to have to make a hard decision. I would hold him this week and see if McCaffrey comes back this week. And... You can figure out your team to be able to wait until McCaffrey comes back, which should be this week or next week. Next week, probably most likely, and then you put Kittle in there, and then you have another bench spot. I think you can hold him. Uh, getting into the IR spots, uh, I'm in a league where there's no IR spot. None? At, at all. What? It, it kind of baffles me. And, and me and one of my friends also mentioned that there should be an IR spot. And their response was, we have enough bench spots. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> How many bench spots? There's like five or six. Six, I think, actually. Well, then I guess it's a don't draft injured players type scenario. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand it because now you have to hold Christian McCaffrey on your bench until he can play again when you have an IR spot. And then you're... It, I think every league should at least have one IR spot. It doesn't make sense not to, especially in COVID era. You should at least have two IR spots, especially this season. For this season, two should be the minimum. And I mean, if you're in a dynasty league, I'm in, I'm in a dynasty league, and you're in you're in the same league. I hope so. I have about eight players injured. You know how many IR spots we have? Two. Two. 
We have two. You know, you know, I'm in an experts league, and we have eight because eight of COVID IR spots. Because of COVID, correct. Eight, eight is too much in my opinion. You could store a, a starting roster in that. I think it's actually six, yeah. but six? I'm just overreacting. Okay, but well, six two is, still is too two. Much in my I, I don't think two is enough. I, Especially with what's going on right now, I, I don't think so. I'm going our, three. Our bench is a little bit different than what we have in our league. Yeah, three, our league, three. I think we have 10, 10 bench spots. Right? Yes. This league, I think we have six or seven. With within a bunch of IR spots. And with with a bunch of IR spots. So that. I think Correct. three IR spots is the most. Two minimum, three most. I Maybe. think after that, then you can just kind of store little stashes that you don't necessarily need. Uh, I mean, it's the IR spot for a reason. It's so, supposed to be for emergencies only. Can I give you a breakdown? Okay, give me a breakdown. Who, who's on my team and, and who's injured? I have, sure. I have Joe Mixon. Okay. I have OBJ. Okay. I have Nick Chubb. Well, oh, this is the dynasty we're talking about? This is a dynasty okay, league. I was about, okay, I was about to So this, is, this is a dynasty league. So I am not, I can't drop anybody. I'm not dropping. I have Paris Campbell. I have uh, Edwards that was out for the season. Um, I had Noah Fant that was injured. I had uh, Armstead. I had Sutton. Um, I had Sony Michelle. I had almost my whole bench injured. Your so bench isn't it, very it, good. You know, it, it, it's, it's a little rough. Your bench isn't, isn't even very good. You should might as well just drop them all regardless. Oh, drop then, Nick Chubb. Drop Nick, Sutton. Who? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Then drop then, Mixon too. Yeah, and I think I sure. still have the most fab in that league, so I mean, I'll, I'll drop Fant too. Uh, I don't want Fant. No. Oh, okay, you don't. No, want you no you can keep Fant. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you You're allowing me to keep. Fant. Yeah, yeah. You can. What keep a gentleman. I'm I'll dro- a- I'll just drop Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Thank you. Thank oh, okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So Gaskins, Miles Gaskin, uh, Dolphins standout RB, definitely took that starting role by the horns, and uh, we're definitely impressed with how he played and how he's been playing. Fortunately, he has an MCL sprain. He's going to be out a minimum three games. I think this is pretty brutal because a lot of people were riding on Miles Gaskin due to a bunch of injuries like we talked about. Aaron Jones is gone. We don't know how long he's going to be there and all the injuries, all that good stuff. But who are you going to be targeting now? Because uh, unfortunately, this episode will not air until waiver wire period is over. But a lot of these running backs are going to go under the radar. The they really are. I know a lot of people dropped. Uh, some people dropped Freeman. I would try to get an option with Freeman. Uh, if Justin Jackson's available, try to go after Justin Jackson. There, there's just not a lot of options right now for running back. But out of the Dolphins running backs, which one would you like? It's a hard question there. Jordan Howard's not the option. But he is the goal line back, supposedly. I mean, he, he was a healthy scratch the past few games. Now I'm going to assume that he'll be back on the radar. That's that's not really – you got two healthy scratches. Are you really going to be just thrown in there and be the main option? I think Breed is going to be the main guy. I think Breed is going to take a lot of the carries, and he's going to be the main back. But it, a lot of the times the, the touchdown vulture is just more productive. True, understandable. It does concern me about the healthy scratches. That's why I would stay away from him. I think Breed is going to get more workload. There's a reason they stri- they put him as a healthy scratch for two games. Now they and did, I know Gaskin was the big point of it, but Breida is going to be the guy. Now, they did trade for a running back. Which one is this? Is it breaking news? Breaking news? No, not quite breaking news. They did it earlier today. DeAndre Washington from the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yeah, did yeah. trade and received him for a uh, – conditional pick a six rounder i believe so i'd uh he's probably not playing this sunday because uh of all the covid testing and all that good stuff uh but going forward he might be an option uh they didn't trade him for no reason other than potential depth which i doubt they did i think matt Breida is going to be the first option that i would rather have on the team and then after that we're going to go Jordan Howard, and then DeAndre Washington. I think that shows more about how they feel about Jordan Howard than anything. I'm I think, really I think I think they're going to push Jordan Howard away even more, and I think DeAndre Washington is going to get more work than Jordan Howard, and then you're going to see a Breida uh, Washington mixture over there, and then maybe Howard in the goal line, but Washington can play a little bit, for sure. Uh I like Breida the most. I'm yeah, targeting I, him. And this is a Dolphins team. They're not the best at running the no. ball. Uh, w- while I think the Dolphins are on the up and up and they look like a good football team, I don't think uh, I'd rather – I don't think I would want 
in RB on that team, especially in a committee, which is what it looks like it's going to turn out to be. But we're obviously going to have to wait and see on how that plays out and hopefully react accordingly. Now, Aaron Jones, man of the hour, limited practice Monday and Tuesday. I'm hoping he plays Thursday because, I mean, let's face it, they're going to be a little bit depleted. We're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, do you expect Aaron Jones to play against the San Francisco 49ers? I think if he does, it's going to be very limited. I don't think they're going to play him in a limited role. If if that's the case, you might as well just not even play. Then he's not going to play. Because if he's limited right now, and they seem very cautious about it, about starting him and playing him, I I don't see a lot of ups. It's concerning. Because I could see him just get all the workload, but we're not hearing a lot. Everything coming out of there is a little concerning. And you have no one to back him up other than the two no-namers, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. It's a hard spot to be in, but I'm going to think that they are not going to play Aaron Jones. And if they do, it's going to be limited for sure. So like you said, Tyler Irving and Dexter Williams are the other RBs on that roster. Irvin has has 10 career carries. Williams has five. Williams was a, or he is a practice spot squad member, and he was actually called up to play special teams last week. He got himself a nice little tackle. So uh, I think Tyler Irving is going to be the RB to hold or to have in case uh, Aaron Jones does not play. Dexter Williams, I think, is going to be a little bit of a change of pace back or reliever. Nothing crazy. I'm not going to be looking at him this week unless he somehow finds a way to score a touchdown. Of course, we're going to break down this little. Uh, game in a second later on in the episode but free agent Mohamed Sanu tried out for the Lions of course he was released from the 49ers earlier this year so does the 49ers have a better wide receiving group than the Lions e- no with without Gallup without Gallup yeah or Galladay Galladay sorry well does this include uh, not having Debo Samuel yeah, that doesn't include Debo. So Debo Samuel's not on there. Okay, and okay. neither is Galladay. Ne- neither is Galladay. That's a close one. I'm still going Lions. Okay, so then he should be cut by the Lions. So this is a non-factor here. Yeah, right? I'm, not, I'm not too interested in this. Yeah. No, he's not going to be a fantasy relevant, relevant wide receiver unless something magical happens. I mean, he's a little bit older in the age. Uh, I mean, Damian Amendola is still there. Marvin Jones is still there. DeAndre Hall is still there. They still have Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, Kerryon Johnson. I I can't imagine that he finds a way to become a relevant wide receiver in that lineup. So, Deontay Pettis, this is a little bit more of the breaking news. Uh, he was unable, of course, the 49ers were unable to find a trade suitor considering that he's not very good. And uh, he got waived. So, I do want to point out that a couple years ago, he was considered to be one of the up-and-coming wide receivers in the Shanahan system, uh, how far you fall from grace in a, such a quick period of time. It seems like it happens to a lot of Niners wide receivers. How so? That just just bad drafting. Um, Dante Pettis, A.J. Uh, Jenkins. Yeah, Jenkins was really bad. Other than that, Terrell Owens was their next best wide receiver that oh, they drafted. Terrell Owens is monster. Crabtree. Crabtree was good in his time. Other than mm-hmm. that, they haven't really striked on any receiver. Debo Samuel is the next best right now, but he actually shows he actually shows production. It's not potential out of him. Yeah. And then Brandon Ayuk, he already has more production than Dante Pettis, so we're gonna have to wait and see on that one. But as of right now, Dante Pettis, uh, he, he just looks terrible. He looks horrible in yeah, every he, aspect. He he was supposed to be a great return man that knows how to <laughs> knows how to work a field get himself open and uh, some soft bots in the zone but he can't do any of that he can't catch he can't run or out he can't throw hopefully uh but the way that's going over there they might test that out later uh and then he can't return they, they decided to put him on kickoff return duties part return duties and then uh he fumbled the ball against the seahawks just last sunday and i think that sealed his fate of uh, no longer being on that roster Oh, thank you. Thank you for your input there. I totally there. agree. I don't know if you want me to add anything else to the trash pile that he is. Um, nah. Nah. 
We're going to move on from Dante Pettis. I, I feel a little allergic. I feel allergic reactions coming on discussing him. So we have some busts. You know, I have two, and I think you have two. If you're able to come up with some, I know you're a little bit slow thinker. Oh, thanks. Appreciate so, it. So uh, some busts, some people, everybody was super high on, and they just they fell flat. And uh, I'll go first. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think he has been a little bit of a bust compared to what people thought. I mean, he has he has he has more games outside the top 15 for QBs than more games inside the top 15. Uh, he has four games, you know, under top 15, and then he has three games of inside the top 15. Uh, when you have such rushing upside, I think it's a little bit unexcusable to be that low on the list. Yes. Absolutely. And he's number 15 at quarterback right now. That's a little disappointing. Yes, he it's has very a rough disappointing. Division. It's he, very disappointing. It's not it you can't argue with the division or anything like that. He was drafted to be a top 3 quarterback. Absolutely. And he's not even in the top 10 right now. I mean, he was drafted to be your number 1 RB, your number 1 QB, and uh, he's neither right now. Not even close. Nah. I'll let you go with yours. So mine is going to be Chris Godwin. He has been a rough, rough monster. And I stole your guy. Yeah, I kind of realized you did. I just stole it. Cool. That's cool. I'll take my. You you want me to keep going? No, you might as well at this point. I might as well keep going? Yeah, you might as well. Chris Godwin has just not produced, has been not being able to stay healthy on that offense. And that offense has been clicking still. The offense is doing very good. Without him. And then you have Antonio Brown coming in that is going to eat in. And it's got to be a concern long-term with Chris Godwin when Mike Evans is going to produce and Antonio Brown's coming in. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Trying to stay away from him as much as possible, but he is not what everyone expected him to be this year. Yeah, injuries have been a concern. We don't even know how long he's going to be out for that. And even when when he is... Back and healthy, Antonio Brown's going to be there. Mike Evans is going to get his red zone looks. He has a safety net. Gronkowski has a safety net because he's so big. Mike Evans has the same uh, solution. But Chris Godwin, he doesn't really have that. You know, he's a good route runner. That's great. Everybody's a good route runner on the uh, Buccaneers. Antonio Brown could do everything Chris Godwin could do, if not more or better or more efficient, which makes it makes you wonder. Uh, what's Chris Godwin's role going to be in this offense? And uh, I can't really think of a good feasible option. And Scotty Miller has more points than Chris Godwin. Yes, but Chris Godwin's also missed a handful of games. So, I mean, I'm not surprised of that number. Correct. But it is... It's something to think about. It is something to think about, and it definitely hurts. It hurts, especially when he was drafted, what, third round? Yeah, he's going to be in that third round range for sure. Yeah, I mean, of course, when we did our pre-draft rankings, we had Mike Evans ahead. We took a little flack for that. Luckily, I'm still on top. The Harry, Harry, you never go against the Harry Potter boy. Absolutely when not. You, when you see a Harry Potter fan, that is Mike Evans, if you get a tattoo of Harry Potter, you know you're a beast. You you're know he, he, he's going to cast some spells on the field. Make sure that Tom Brady throws him a nice fade to the outside. And if you saw that fade... Uh, against the Giants Monday night, then you'd know that's that's it. Mike Evans has a solid role in that offense. Absolutely. So my guy, your guy technically, because yep, you stole, you stole yep, it. Yep, you're so welcome. I'm going to steal you. Cool. Uh, for the second year in a row, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he has been immensely disappointing because he hasn't even been injured much or at all this year. So not only is he on the field, but he's still not producing while on the field. So you still have to start him. But he's just been disappointing while you start him. Right now, you've seen the rise of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, but you're not hearing anything about Juju Smith-Schuster. He's just there. He's just getting a couple yards here, a couple catches here, a couple receptions here. He's not getting the touchdowns. He's not getting the big gains. He's not getting the big yards. He's not getting the big production. Right now, James Conner, we all thought he would be a little bit disappointing this year. He's been huge or consistent, I should say, consistently getting about 10, 15 20 points in the fantasy weeks. Juju Smith-Schuster is the lone man in that offense, just not doing much. Yeah, and Deontay Johnson has looked better than him. Chase Claypool has looked better than him. It's not a good look, and could we say maybe he turns into Dante Pettis? 
it's a it's stretch. Hard. It's it, a stretch. But two years in a row, if he does another third, Claypool can play. Claypool. He's Deontay Johnson looks very good, and yeah. James Washington has his spurts here and there. He's he's not the greatest, but those two wide receivers look very good. James Washington sometimes look like the wide receiver three, but Juju sometimes looks like the worst wide receiver there. That's not the worst thing in the world, though. Cause that he that's looks a like the of, worst wide receiver in the, the, there? The, there is a lot of talent on the wide receiving core for Pittsburgh. If, if there's something Pittsburgh is good at, is drafting wide receivers. And uh, Juju is still a good wide receiver. There's just a lot of mouths to feed. And they are a strong running team. They're in a very good division. Uh, sometimes you just got to realize that you might have to look the other way when you turn into a Juju Smith-Schuster, especially when he's burned you once. When Ju- when so- when a receiver burns you one year, you got to turn the other way because it's bound to happen again. I mean, have you have you can you think of a receiver that burns you one year and then revives himself and redeems uh his year in the next? It happens. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. So while while you go over the that last guy that you had, I'm going to try to think of one. So a guy who just killed your fantasy year, Michael Thomas. When, when a guy just puts up 3.6 points for you in a nine-week span, it, it just destroys you. Either being injured punching his own teammate and being injured again it it probably destroyed your team and not what you expected when you drafted a first round wide receiver that was a monster last year and just a target haul very disappointing not a guy that you were expecting to disappoint this year at all i think well the issue was is he's not disappointing because He's untalented or something happened. No. It's because no. he's injured and he decides to want to punch people in the face, which I mean, sometimes people just have punchable faces True. and I don't blame you for doing it. <laughs> but I mean, when it gets you suspended, sometimes you just got to hold back a little. You got to make a business decision. And uh, Michael Thomas, he didn't do that. He injured himself and he's not playing right now. So uh, do you think he plays this week, this upcoming Sunday? Uh, I'm hoping he does, but I it's hard for me to say he's actually going to play if he hasn't played in eight weeks. And there's always something that comes up. So I'm going to go yes. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go yes. You're going to go yes? I'm going to go no because I think he has at least one to two more weeks till he comes back. So uh, do you want to put Keenan Allen as a comeback player? You can. Keenan Allen's been – what was his points last year? See that? I'm not quite sure. See, I have to look Keenan, that one up. Keenan Allen has been killing it almost every year he's been in here. He's, he's a target monster every year. Usually he starts off weak in the beginning of the year and then comes on strong later in the year. But he's always been a consistent player by far, in my opinion. Absolutely. Are you looking it up right now? I'm looking it up right now. Awesome. Let's let's make sure. Let's make sure. Okay, so let's see. 2020, he had... So tw- 2019, he had 104 receptions. 1,199 yards and six touchdowns. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then 2018, 97 receptions, 1,196. 2017, 102. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I mean, the the years that he had issues was 2016, which he was hurt, and then you had 2015, which he had some injury issues. But he's been a monster every year, and he's been a target haul, and he's had over 100 targets easily over 136 targets easily in the last four years pretty much yeah never mind Keenan Allen is not gonna work in this list uh, he's been pretty good all year or for his uh relative whole career he's been pretty good so he, he, he can't be used on the list other than that I really can't think of one yeah I mean Cooper Cup he but he was injured and he, even when he got injured he wasn't necessarily a big name he was a rising star uh, Michael Gallup same thing is just a rising star when he got injured uh, okay, I mean Amari Cooper. Yeah, you, you on the Raiders. That, but and Amari then, Cooper was still consistent to a certain extent. He would have big games, which would cover up his small games. Yes, true. But we wanted we want 
we want better than that okay any anything else that you would you, that you can come up with on the top of your head uh, i i don't have anything yeah i can't on, on i can't that. either the usually usually once you're down it's kind of down and out for the count for wide receivers even mm-hmm. with running backs typically unless you really switch teams and scenarios and you're able to flip a switch i mean you're hoping the same thing for Le'Veon bell but right now it doesn't look that good for him either um yeah i think that is it yep okay if we think of one Make sure to spread it out for me. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Will Fuller? No, Will Fuller. Now he was hurt. Well, he was having monster years, regardless. There's a lot of injuries. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. No, he was hurt, but he he's been a wide receiver one for three different teams. That's hard to go. Also. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll, we'll continue to rest on that one. So let's talk about some studs. Some some. Big beefy guys that really helped your fantasy roster. Some monsters. Yeah. So Stephon Diggs. I mean, he had an ADP of the 6th to 8th round, anywhere between that range. And right now, he's what, wide receiver 7, wide receiver 4. Yeah, he's he's absolutely killing it. I mean, he, I, I questioned his and Josh Allen's connection beginning of the year. I, I wanted to stay away from it. But now, I really want it. I'm gravitating towards it. Stephon Diggs has really meshed well with Josh Allen. He's catching intermediate routes. He's catching deep routes. And uh, he, he's really piling on the fantasy production. A lot of deep threat potential, but unfortunately, they haven't been connecting on that deep threat so uh, uh, as much as I would like to see. But the intermediate connection that they have has really allowed Stefan Diggs to hit that 14, 15, 13, 12 fantasy point production list. He obviously feels more comfortable than thought than we thought he was going. Yes, to. I definitely expected. And that. I, th- I think Josh Allen's been throwing a lot uh, more than I thought he was going to, especially in the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, I thought there was. He was no way was going to do that at all. And he's been getting massive amount of targets every game. His lowest target count was six, and that was only one game. And then he has seven, eight, nine, 11, 16, 13, nine. He's just been targeted. He's consistently targeted on a regular basis. And you got to feel comfortable with him at this point. I'm he's a set and forget type player right now, no matter the matchup, no matter what's going on, no matter the weather Uh, right now, you can't, bet against him because he's going to burn you just like how uh, a lot of people got burned by Robert Woods by not starting him last week. I'm not sure why that ended up happening, but it did. So Teddy Bridgewater is another stud I want to talk about. Sorry. Were, were, were you supposed to go? No, you, you go ahead. No, no, no sorry. You, all no. you, all okay, you feel Teddy, free. Teddy Bridgewater has been playing a whole lot better than anything I anticipated. And it has shown through the production of everybody around him. Right now, Robbie Anderson, great wide receiver. DJ Jones, great wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey was playing great football until he got injured. Uh, Mike Davis, he's playing great football as a backup. Uh, and, and it's all because Teddy Bridgewater has really elevated that team. They look like a semi-decent team right now on that roster. They look like they have a couple of defensive holes they need to fill. They look like they can get some offensive line help. But other than that, that team is looking pretty good. Yes. I mean, Bridgewater is a great pick. He played great in Minnesota and then came over to Carolina with a good amount of weapons. They obviously got him. Your boy, Robbie Anderson. My boy, Robbie Anderson. uh, He has a very good connection with him, and he's looked great. And when Christian McCaffrey comes back, I think it's even going to increase what he's doing. Um, Awesome pick. I'm going to go to mine. Okay. Right here. Uh, Todd Gurley. I, I, I think everyone was down on Todd Gurley, and... If you watch him play, I think you're still going to be like, huh, he doesn't seem like he's doing that great. No. Nah. Fantasy would disagree. He's the number nine RB, if I remember correctly. And he has a touchdown. There's only two games he does not have a touchdown. Only two games. And he's getting a massive amount of carries and touches, and that's what you want. You want volume, and you want to keep it going. The yards production is not what you want. Let's make that very clear. But... When he's getting you touchdowns, he's getting you volume, he's getting you, obviously, RB1 numbers, he's your guy. And for where you got him at, you should feel very comfortable. I mean, his average ADP was the fourth or late fourth round to early fifth, and he, he was a steal for a lot of people because, uh, first, I, I do want to give you a little props. I remember in the pre-draft processes, a lot mm-hmm. of our videos that we talked about, a lot of our podcast episodes that we talked about, uh, you had... Todd Gurley ranked up up there as one of the must-have players. Yeah. So I do want to hear you. Get Thank, a you. Thank you. You want me to give you a little clap? Pat it was, on the back. It, it, what I was looking at was 
the value you're getting him at. You're getting him at a fourth round to a fifth round value sometimes on a very good offense, which you can get touchdowns. And that's exactly what's happening right now is only two games without touchdowns. And when you're touch, when you have touchdowns every game, you're obviously going to be an RB2 to an RB1, right? As long as you get a touchdown, you automatically get elevated to high-end RB2. And then the yards after that, there's just sprinkles on top of that juicy cupcake. So, Todd Gurley, great pick. Chandy Bridgewater, great pick. Stephon Diggs, great pick. I'm going to wrap it up with Ryan Tannehill with another solid great pick. I think he is a fantastic quarterback with the situation around him. Also fantastic. Right now, he has one of the best receivers around him in A.J. Brown. He has one of the best and consistent running backs around him in Derrick Henry. And he's got another receiver coming at him in Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis is super inconsistent, but with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, it's going to really settle him down into a Amari Cooper type role. I mean, let's face it. Corey Davis, he had Marcus Mariota throwing to him his whole career. Now he actually has a quarterback to help him out. So now that Corey Davis is healthy off of the COVID-19 list, I think he's going to be a very solid option for Ryan Tannehill. Last week, or yesterday's episode, we talked about uh, waiver wire pickups in our waiver wire God segment, and Corey Davis is on that list. I still think he's going to be a very good viable option for you to have. Yes, and Ryan Tannehill was your guy. I, since I really last him. since last year, yes. you, you loved him, and he's played great, and he's looked great when he's not with Adam Gase. Just had to throw that in there. As long as Adam Gase isn't far and near a player, then they're usually semi-decent. I mean, so speaking of that, I do want to point out a fun little story I had today. Oh, God. I'll, I'll tell it to you. So a person in the league, uh, it is a keeper league. Unfortunately, he's probably not making playoffs. So he sent a message out and he said, hey, if you guys have keepers that you want to trade or tra- uh, you know, trade for draft picks, all that good stuff, let me know. And I, so I sent him a message and I have LaMichael P. Ryan. And LaMichael P. Ryan, he's expected to be the starting running back next year. So I said, hey, are you interested in LaMichael P. Ryan? And then he goes, can you guarantee Adam Gase isn't the coach next year? You can't do it. I can't do it. Unfortunately, I can't. And uh, that that kind of ruined the trade deal because nobody just wants a piece of Adam Gase. But I thought that was a fun little tidbit for you. No one wants a piece of that team at all right now. It's unfortunate. And it's more unfortunate. That I'm more upset Lev Bell didn't have a big revenge game. He yeah. had, what, six carries for nine yards? Yeah, that was it. It was disappointing. There was a fourth and one, and Le'Veon Bell was unable to convert that. I think that really showed that uh, maybe it wasn't Adam Gase, and Le'Veon Bell just isn't that good. Maybe, and we'll find out. Oh, God. I kind of a little upset I just said that. So let's move (laughs) on to the Thursday night football. Packers versus the Niners. This is a rivalry game. Do you need a minute? This isn't a divisional game, but it's a rivalry game. Do you need a minute? No. I already no. know what's going to happen. Oh, okay. Let them know. Let them know what's going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers' real time to shine because, let's face it, the Niners, they skipped out on him, and they took Alex Smith. And ever since then, Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of a V for vendetta for the Niners. So I, I want to take you back two years ago or three years ago about when the Niners played the Packers on a Thursday night game, actually. It was also a Thursday night game. And uh, the game was well in hand. Packers, all they needed to do was kick the game-winning field goal to take the lead and win the game. And then, you know, of course, with time running out. Instead, Aaron Rodgers decided to run a two-minute drill and score a touchdown. That's how badly he wanted to score against the Niners. Every single play was a Hail Mary shot to the end zone. He had no business needing to drive the ball down the field. So is it? But he still did. Is it simple to say the Niners messed up? No. No, you don't think they messed up? There, There's a lot of variables. One, Aaron Rodgers, yes, he is better. It was a little bit of a screw-up. It's not a mess-up because the Niners team was so god-awful at that time in 2005 when they took Alex Smith. I'm pretty sure Alex Smith had one touchdown in like 13 interceptions his first season. It, it, well, that, it, was, it was pretty horrid. They had the worst offensive line. They had no wide receivers. They didn't have a good coach. They didn't have a defense. They didn't have anything. Uh, I mean, no QB would have succeeded in that scenario. Alex Smith did succeed for a little bit. A little bit, but I mean, he he was serviceable. And then, well, and then Colin Kaepernick was serviceable. Does that really say much? 
Colin Kaepernick's horrible. Okay, does that say a lot? Well, you guys figured out your defense. We figured out and a lot of you things. Know, we and, out and, the and ran the ball. Yeah. But do you think your team would be better with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Okay. It's, then they messed up. Okay, that's fair. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, let's face it. Right now, the Niners, they might be in the market for a quarterback. Meanwhile, the Packers, they still have Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes to the Niners. He's not. You know? Maybe, I mean, maybe they let Jordan Love throw actually throw the ball to a water boy because his aim is so bad, and then you guys get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, it's a scenario. I doubt he would, considering he doesn't like the Niners now. He can go to the Raiders. He can go to the Raiders. I'll take him. Now, didn't I say that in the beginning of the year? We talked about it, yeah. We, we talked about we, it, and I said, discussed I said, it. mark my words, he's going to the Raiders. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Okay, but that, that, that's, that's for a different topic for another time. Uh, right now, Aaron Rodgers, he's a must-start. I mean, he's a must-start regardless, but now he's a must-must-start. Yeah, and you know, Devontae Adams is going to have a major game. Oh, God, he's going to have a massive game. Now, Jason Verrett, he's playing some really good football. So I expect him to be on Devontae Adams a lot, but Devontae Adams is just going to work him for the most of the game. At least that's what I see happening. My, my, and without the running game functioning like how you think they would, my uh, Devontae Adams is just going to elevate a whole lot more. So my question to you is how many touchdowns is Devontae Adams going to have? Two touchdowns, 150 yards. Two touchdowns, 150 yards. Yeah, he's gonna that's not bad. A, he's going to have a day. That's a very good day. I mean, he did that against the Vikings. So you think it's going to be a duplicate to Pete? Yes. Okay. It is Thursday night, though, so it's a little... It's a weird night. It's weird. Thursday, anything can happen here. Anything can happen. There's going to be a lot of emotions there. We, we don't know what's going to happen later tonight for a certain little election. <laughs> and, uh, you know, emotions just might be a little high, and it might get in the way of the game. I doubt it, but it's a scenario. So who are you rolling out for the Niners? Tight end. Let's start with the tight end. I mean, we don't know if Jordan Reed is going to be If he plays, there. are you starting? Let's face it. it this depends is not a good what, Packers defense. It, it depends where my options are. They're, they're a pretty good pass defense, but they're not. Tight ends are going to be their weakness. Uh, running is going to be a little bit their weakness. But Jordan Reed would be an option. They have to throw it to someone. Ayuk is going to be probably covered by Alexander. And exactly. he is one of the best corners in the league, in my opinion. It's, it's going to be a lockup situation. They're going to try to run the ball. And it's probably, I think they're going to try to slow the, ball, slow the game down as much as they can. That's what I wish the Niners would do a long time ago. But I feel like they, they have this weird itch to need to speed up and try to outgun people. I feel like as long as they run the ball and slow the game down, they're in a good position to succeed. So that leads me to my second and follow-up question. Uh, are you confident and comfortable in starting Brandon Ayuk knowing Jair Alexander is going to be on him? No, I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't start any wide receiver for the 49ers. I wouldn't no. start any, any. The only option that I feel comfortable with is uh, tight ends and then running backs. But I would stay away from Brandon Ayuk. I think I have better options. Now, Brandon Ayuk had a second 100-yard game and a touchdown again, once again. So, I mean, I think he's a good wide receiver. I don't know if I'm comfortable doing this against Jair Alexander. I mean, he did shut down people like Mike Evans. He shut down Adam Thielen. Yeah. And he's done countless more over the recent you, weeks. You also got to think about having a backup quarterback as well. With a struggling offensive line on a short week. Uh, I'm putting all those factors involved. Ayuk is a talented player. There, there's no doubt about it. But I would feel more comfortable with a safer option, and, and that's what I would do. So right now there's a lot of bye weeks. There's a lot of injuries on the mm -hmm. wide receiver yeah. part. Yeah. So just to get a little bit of a reference, uh, yeah. Marvin Jones or Brandon Ayuk? Oh, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Okay, uh, Brandon Ayuk or Corey Davis? Corey Davis. Okay, Brandon Ayuk or – ooh, okay. Who's – John Brown. Ooh. John Brown. John Brown? Yeah. I, I think I would take the other two on those scenarios, Brandon Ayuk against John Brown, even though I'm very high on John Brown. I really like John Brown, and he's been a little bit more on the disappointing side. I think I'll go with Brandon Ayuk yeah. in this scenario. I think right now the Niners, they might get down early. They might get down fast, and they might have to be pass-heavy a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, Brandon, he only needs one catch to be productive. And, uh, you know, he just might get lucky. So the Niners running backs. Tevin Coleman, he's back out. Mozart, <laughs> back out. Jeff Wilson, back out. And 
now that's left with Hastley and Jeff McKinnon. Or Jarek McKinnon, sorry. Yeah. Jer- uh, Running backs are such a struggle right now. I think you can... You don't know who's going to get it, to be 100% honest. But Hasty looks good. He looks good to a certain extent. He's got a decent amount of talent. I'd probably go Hasty. McKinnon is definitely going to be used. They're so thin at running back. Both of them are going to get used. They're both going to get used. Jamichael Hastily. Hastily. Hasty. Hastily. Hasty. I mean, he had more touches than Jarek McKinnon against the Seahawks. He also had the punch-in touchdown. So I would much rather have him, and I do recommend rolling him out. This is the worst run defense in the NFL right now in the Packers. So I do expect the Niners to consistently try to pound the ball. I mean, it wasn't a couple months ago that the Niners put up, what, over 200 rushing yards in the wild card game, or not the wild card, in the divisional game against the Packers just last year. So, I mean, every team has followed that formula. You saw the Vikings do that. You saw everybody else and their mother try to do that and do it with success. So I expect the Niners to have a much heavier running game and a running option, and I expect Michael Hastley to have himself a pretty good game. I'm going to put him in the high-end RB2 range. Is that too high? No, it's a good option. Good option? Okay. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Any Niners RB is productive. Is that fair? Yeah. The system's very good. System's very good. So, I mean, I trust the system. I trust the Niners RB. I'm going to roll him out. So Robert Tunyon. Is he becoming a must-start tight end? I mean, he's posted fantasy points of eight and half point PPR, eight and nine. Yeah, for for how tight ends are right now, Tunyon is going to be your guy. And against the Niners defense, I I do think he's going to do pretty well. Obviously, Devontae Adams is going to kill it. Tunyon's going to be the next guy. I think it's going to be a pass-heavy game. So the uh, Niners allow the 27th least points the tight end. I mean, Fred Warner has been a pretty good shutdown linebacker. So I expect uh, him to be on Robert Tunyon a lot. But that being said, I'm still going to roll out Robert Tunyon and pretty confidently start him to get uh, at least a half decent amount of points. I expect at least a half dozen points. I expect six just off of uh, volume alone. And then I'm hoping he uh, is able to get himself a nice little touchdown out there. So running backs. They are the topic and the theme. We saved the best for last. Uh, Like we talked about earlier, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams are going to be the ones that we are assuming are going to be ready to go. Let's eliminate Aaron Jones from the equation for right now because if he is playing, of course you're going to start him, but let's assume he's not playing. Yeah, Irvin's the guy. I think Irvin's the only guy. Yeah. Irvin is going to get the workload. Dexter Williams, unless he comes out with a hot hand, Irvin is going to get the touches. Unless there's a fumble that happens, Irvin is the guy. And I don't think any of them are going to be too productive and too fantasy viable because two times last week against the Vikings, the Packers were on the goal line. They elected to pass it in for a touchdown rather than run it. And they even screwed Jamal Williams out of a couple touchdowns. So uh, I don't think there is touchdown upside for the Packers RBs. You're mostly you're mostly hoping for the yardage to be the production out of them, making it so they're RB3s to low-end flexes at this point. Do you consider that fair? I do. I definitely okay. do. So, of course, that wraps up the Thursday night preview. Oh, so actually, before we wrap it up, yep. Packers defense, do you want to start them? Yeah. I would feel comfortable starting them and having an option. It's Thursday night. You don't know what's going to happen. Anytime you have a backup quarterback, I know it's your Niners, but no. anytime you have a backup quarterback on a short week, it's a good option for a defense to start. So for reference, I had the Packers defense. I started them against the Vikings, knowing that Kirk Cousins threw the most touchdowns in the NFL so far. They ended up giving me a donut and zero points. And I dropped them this week. Again, even though I know they're going against the Niners, I dropped them, and I still have the Washington defense against the Giants. Which one would you rather start? Washington defense. Washington defense. Yeah, Washington Giants. defense or the Giants defense against Washington. Okay. Either one. So I definitely wanted to give you a uh, – let me give you a couple quick scenarios. Yeah. So the Giants defense, they played pretty good against Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go against Washington. Like I said, I mean, Washington goes against the Dallas. And Giants, I mean, and Giants goes against Washington. Yeah. Would you rather start the Giants over the Packers? Correct. That's what I just said. So both the Giants and Washington over the Packers. Correct. Okay. Uh, Arizona Cardinals goes against Miami. 
Yeah, I would feel comfortable with that. My uh, my uh, Cardinals over the Packers is what you're telling me. Yes. Okay, I'll give you one more option. Miami goes against the Cardinals, no. vice versa. No. No, that's too much for you? Yeah, it's too much for me. Okay, that's fair. So, I mean, Green Bay's defense has scored a total of 30 fantasy points total. Their best week was 12 against Detroit. Other than that, they've posted negative one and zero total so far this year. Uh, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. But, I mean, you're going against a backup quarterback, backup tight end, backup receivers, backup you're going, running backs. You're going, you're going against an a injury-riddled team with backups everywhere. And they're, they're demoralized. And, and I they're, think that's the key. They're, they're dying right now. It's a great option. I know Green Bay's defense isn't the greatest, but there, there is going to be turnovers. There will be plays made. I think it's a good option. Yeah, there still is a Darius Smith. There is a Jair Alexander. There are still some playmakers on that defense, uh, which which leads me to be surprised on why they're this uh, disappointing this year. But, of course, that wraps up this episode of Top Tier Tactics. Make sure to hit that follow, like, leave us a nice juicy rating. Other than that, you want might, you might want to check out our YouTube channel at Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football on YouTube where you can definitely see our beautiful faces act out a couple silly skits, talk about some non-fantasy to fantasy relevant news, and, of course, enjoy yourself on there. Other than that, Chris, do you have a send-off? I'll see you guys next time. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at tttfantasyfootball.com and follow us on Instagram at Top Tier Tactics. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. 